you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast. Dan, Greg, all the guys. hey From across America, welcome to Around the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis. Got two heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, and you know who it is. It's Mark Sessler. Hey, boys. Hey, now. I also have a live studio audience. I'm taping in the garage a la Dan in his old place, and, and my son Walker is sitting on the couch, so we got to keep the uh, the swears to a minimum today. Okay. And he's okay. just, well, you do, Greg. He can't hear what we're saying. That's true. That's a great point. It's a great point, Mark. Um, I am in Texas, and I have to tell you something. Texas is a a beautiful place. Texas um, features people like my wife and her family who welcomed this Yankee into their lives and very sweet, good people. Um, And in general, a very friendly place to visit. But I don't know how these people do what they do, which is live here. Let me read to you. I'm about 60 miles northwest of Austin, Texas which is, you know, central-ish Texas. Here's the five-day forecast. And it's been like this since I got here. Uh, today, Tuesday, high of 106 mm. degrees. What is, Eric, behind the virtual glass, please find out what that means for people that don't do Fahrenheit. Uh, 102, Wednesday, 99. Oh, it cools off on Thursday, really 99. That's nice. That's Friday, 100. Saturday, 102. Sunday, 103. Monday, 104. And then I come home and the heat goes up from there to 105. So maybe I'm catching a break. What have you been? Have you do you spend most of your uh, time indoors in this situation? I'm wearing a a bathing suit bottom right now. There's a pool outside that I will be spending much time in. I'm drinking an iced tea. Uh, There's air conditioning that I've been living in. It's it's not it's not great. Mm. It doesn't sound that bad. 
Well, that part of it is nice. It could be worse, and it is for a lot of other people. So I'm not complaining. Oh, yes, I am complaining. It's too damn hot here. I, I like a little weather pop at the start of every show. I think we should uh, introduce that every day, every time. Well, Greg, you jerk. It's a little different when it's 106 degrees. I'm just saying, no, I truly do listen to some podcasts that start with like, oh, it's really hot. That, you know, the spring this, like every time. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm more making Rosenthal. Fun of that. This is extreme weather. This is this is newsworthy weather for a podcast, I thought. But maybe it doesn't reach your standards. And I'm sorry. I was just having a little fun. Uh, no, I'll be I'll be in similar weather in Tokyo next week. It I is, could use uh, a drink. I got to say it's like 90, 95 degrees and humid there. So let's go. How about you, Mark? How are you? I'm fine. I'm in, you know, the a section of Hollywood where it's very temperate. I think it's probably like 77 degrees. Um, some clouds, some sun. I could tell you, I could tell this would be an issue for you if you were down here, Mark, because you know who's not taking the trip to Texas? Levi. And that jacket, which has remade your image in so many positive ways, you simply <laughs> couldn't wear it down here and you need to innovate once again. So maybe you're more fortunate than anyone right now. Well, no, I mean, I, I do. I did spend that one year in Arizona where weather wise, um, it was essentially compared nightly on the news to the Iraq war. So I, I do understand <laughs> what you're going through. Uh, so this is, yes, our summer of remote shows and uh, and mini camps are now over. Is it over yet? Oh, yeah. The, the yeah, offseason over is now. over, over. The, the NFL season, is off, off. Yes, the offseason is over. And we hope now everyone uh, across our fair league uh, is on their best behavior between now and mini camp. And, uh, you know, one series, I would say, boys, perhaps the most enduring series in the history of around the NFL. Uh, when you look at it as a, a component, not just as the podcast, which we've done, what, like 1,600 episodes or so now over the last 10 plus years, but also as writers on NFL.com, making the leap. Hallowed, Greggy, hallowed. And today we're going to offer, and this is a big deal, and I don't think this is something that um, the people involved today should should treat lightly. I think it's a real honor. We're, we're each going to nominate three making the leap candidates for the 2023 NFL season. Are you suggesting that one of us in particular is taking it lightly? And, and who is that person? Which of the three is on your radar? It's probably not yourself. So which of the two? Um, I'm taking it very lightly for starters, um, uh, but I'm referring to the actual players themselves. Oh, okay. uh, I hope okay. when the word gets to them, I hope they understand the honor that's been bestowed upon them. And I hope the pressure doesn't break them. You mm. know, that what was the old uh, RG3, that summer of ridiculous quotes going into his second year? No pressure, no diamonds. Well, Robert and also, the third. yeah, from a flip side, because, you know, there were years where this went through different versions on NFL.com. But I, I remember one summer where the three of us and Wes put out 40 candidates. And I mean, some of the ones that I totally got wrong um, I've been dragged for those for years since. I mean, so it's like it's important for us to hit, uh, you know, three home runs each. But uh, you never know, like when you might be um, proven correct, because that four game stretch of Geno Smith back in 2014 or 2015, that made me right of making the leap about him. It finally cashed in in 2022, seven years later. Well, you also picked Chase Daniels. So, I mean, it was, well, it's, was again, it's just all over the map. A bit. He was like number 39. I was having all the fun there. Yeah. I think the uh, I think that and 
Mark, I know this will bring back some harrowing memories, but how many articles we wrote about RG3 after his reconstructive knee surgery and his endless rehab uh, that summer. Uh, and then he, you know, he bottomed out uh, the rest of his career with Washington. But I think the catchphrase that always stuck with me for just how stupid it was and with, you know, the straight face in which he delivered it to the assembled media was it's not about the grind. It's about the find. Yeah, these athlete phrases, we just we're enduring <laughs> these phrases at this point. And I still don't know what that means. I think was, he does, maybe, or did. That, that was on uh, Wes's radar in uh, a huge way. He would get sick of uh, the bumper stickers. Uh, I would love to hear Wes's thoughts on RG3's burgeoning broadcast career. He's doing a nice job over there at ESPN. Is he doing a nice job? Yeah, I think I he feel is, like yeah. he's a rising, uh, he's a rising guy. Gets a lot of attention. I don't know if he you know, breaks out those phrases as much anymore. Um, all right. Before we do any of that, though, let's get to the news. Snap to hell. Here comes his first pass. Over the middle. Five, Terry McLaurin to the dead. Five, touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! Sam Howell's first career pass is a 16-yard touchdown to Terry McLaurin! hey what a start to a career for the fifth round pick Sam Howell, who uh, for the Washington commanders last year, stepped in through that touchdown to Terry McLaurin. I would say it was probably boys, the highlight of um, his um, short time as a starter, but it did give the people a taste of what he could be because despite being a fifth round pick, some people thought entering the draft process last year, he could go very high. Um, and when he fell to Washington, it was seen as maybe a steal and Greg, the commanders feel good about how to the point that in this year of uh, transition for the organization with new ownership coming in, they seem to be set on giving how the starting job, or at least that how that's how it looks. He took all of the first team reps, uh, in mandatory minicamp. Yeah. And Ron Rivera says they'll enter training camp as the starter. So they're not messing around with this whole, like, let's make them battle for it just for the show of it. Like, let's say they're doing with Bryce Young in Carolina for now, though he's already the first team. And we know Sam Howell is a second-year player. But I, I found that a little surprising. After giving Jacoby Brissett $7.5 million guaranteed, which is more than any other backup got uh, this offseason, they're not messing around. And I, I like that. They're definitive about it. I don't think this really is a battle. And so there's very little news, I feel like, other than injuries that come out of OTAs in minicamp. But this qualifies to me as news that it is going to be Howell week one, barring total disaster uh, in the preseason in training camp. Yeah, I just think if you're this coaching staff and Ron Rivera for the, the good things that he's done and as consistent and steady as he's been for Washington through a really rocky tenure, um, they've never found a quarterback. They've done a terrible job at that. So if I'm Ron Rivera, how do you want to, this? if this is your last chance, it, no matter what Jacoby Brissett does, and he, he played much better than people expected a year ago, but if you hit on a rookie and it brings excitement and energy to that fan base that's been so long lost, uh, then you have a chance to stick around because then you've done something different and unique mm. versus just floating on through the season, with which I, I expect kind of both of them to play. But if you hit on Howell, it's like you're part of the reason that happened. Stick around. Uh, I don't. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think best case scenario. Well, best case scenario is he's a star. I think the most likely scenario or something that 
Washington might even sign off on if you really cornered them privately and got down to the nitty gritty is he he does some things this year. And then when the new owner is in, in place and they want to make the big splash of quarterback, you have a cheap uh, contract controlled young backup on your roster in Howell. I That's kind of how I see it turning out personally, mm. um, because it just feels like such a um, we're we're neutral in the Marina set up for Washington and going with the former fifth round pick as your day one starter screams that out. Despite Greg, I know in your uh, projected roster series, you kind of were taken aback by how the rest of the roster seems ready to go. Um, and maybe that will demand a, a veteran like Jake brisket gets in the lineup. If house uh, struggles early. Well, like how he would be a good making the leap guy. I thought about him. Um, we're just basing it on nothing. You're basing it on college where he was fun. You know, he, he runs more than you would expect uh, in terms of running aggressively and almost looking for contact. And you're going to have to worry about that. But that one game, it's like that one game was more intriguing to me than any game Kenny Pickett played or any game Desmond Ritter played. So it was something. He he has like big time tools. He, he seems like he wasn't awed by the occasion. And it was one game, so you don't base too much. But that one game was more exciting to me. And he's set up well, I think, uh, with Eric Bieniemy as uh, his coordinator, with a good offensive line, with good weapons, to possibly be good. Like if he's going to be intriguing like he is set up in a nice spot and we might get to know him a lot better because i don't know if you saw this uh commander's buzz about hard knocks danny uh because they're the one team out of the four that the that hbo could make do it that seem that is open to it but they're kind of waiting for this ownership situation and they might be the in-season hard knocks because they don't want to mess around waiting for the ownership and training camp could Segway. be that. thank you okay Greggy. well done um, reports surfaced late last week that the NFL is really struggling to find a team that wants to do hard knocks. And the four teams that are could be compelled to do it or told to do it, the Jets, Bears, and Saints, th those three teams, three of the four teams, said no. They've been vocal no. The Commanders, according to Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio reported on this last week, we're told they would do it if selected, but the NFL, I think you were saying there, Greg, they're not that keen on doing it uh, when ownership isn't resolved. They might also do it during the in-season hard knock. So, I don't know. I would be, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't be pumped if the commanders were the choice for hard knocks, but in general, and this is something I kind of mentioned, Mark, early uh, last week's show, um, I'm nervous about the hard knocks as an entity that mm. this is a story that's leaking out. It's now June 20th. Uh, they announced the lines on hard knocks uh, in March of last year. So at some point, a team needs to be told. And at some point, these cameras need to get in there. And if it's going to be a fight like this every year, maybe it's just not meant to be anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's unprecedented. I think there have always been a couple teams if it was a wider you know, net of available teams. And it's it's thin right now that there was always some ownership group or someone that said like, let's go do it because we're the, we're a team kind of trying to find show our identity. And like, I'm just standing looking at the, I, I don't, I feel like the New York jets, I could see why Robert Sala doesn't want to do it. The coaches don't want to do it, but you have got the perfect team right there. I mean, I cannot think of a juicier entry than four or five weeks of what's going on with that team. And it's like, it's a shame that you can't marry the potential there with the team wanting to do it because I, I I think they were saying a hard no before. We talked to a little birdie actually at the office on yeah. Friday, Mark, who mentioned that the owner of the Jets uh, wants to do it, uh, but uh, 
maybe there's a little disconnect there between ownership and everyone else that's on the ground floor of trying to make that team a playoff uh, squad for the first time in over a decade. Uh, we shall see. All right. In other news. We have got an update on the temperature situation, by the way. Oh, from our, our good friend, tell. Randy Chavez and Eric behind the glass. Uh, it's it translates to 41 degrees Celsius right now where you're at in Texas. Um, that's the, that would be higher than the hottest recorded temperature in the entire UK, um, which was last year, 40 degrees 0. 0.3, uh, since 1911. So that's like hotter than it, than it ever gets overseas. And that was, that was a deadly heat wave, uh, that hit the UK last year. So bet that was bad, but that was excellent research from Randy and Eric Roberts. <laughs> All right, so in other news, report out there. Greg, you're going to help me out with uh, who reported it. Uh, the Bengals uh, and Joe Mixon, despite Mixon still being on the roster, uh, his his place on the team remains not firm, it appears, because uh, according to a report, the Bengals will tap into, quote, veteran backwaters, which is kind of gross, uh, if Mixon doesn't agree, agree to take a pay cut Mixon coming off a tough year. He's had some legal issues, Greggy. Uh, and now perhaps he will be out the door if he doesn't work out something new financially. Uh, yeah, it was Paul Daner from the athletic. Who's one of the best beat beat guys out there. Uh, Trust we've, had him, we've had him on the podcast too. And yeah, yeah. Rare sort of mid June drop. This has been hanging like Lyle Collins was another one that was hanging. Jonah Williams now looks locked into right tackle. It appears Lyle Collins is going to stick around in some capacity. Maybe you get cut if he had a bad camp. But Mixon, he threw out there, like still has to take a pay cut or they're going to uh, scale the veteran backwaters. Like what? Who? I don't even know who's in the veteran backwaters, but it does sound gross. Like back. It, yeah, it sounds hideous uh, visually. But I guess like you've got guys like ah! Kareem Hunt sitting out there. <laughs> Yeah, when, does, when do the Elliot? insults, honestly, when does the when do the backhanded and quite frankly front-handed insults of running backs end? I mean, now we refer to the free agent pool as backwater. Yeah, they can't get anyone to buy them a drink. It's been it's been a, like an outstandingly horrible off season. Kareem um, Hunt sounds like wide. a Bengals move, by the way. Yes, I think reason. so. I could see that. And can we and can someone, Mark, can someone give J.K. Dobbins a heads up because he skipped mandatory minicamp? Uh, over uh, contract issues. Uh, he's currently the league's 24th highest paid running back. I mean, he missed 27 games in three years before staying on the field last year. Bud, it's not going to happen. And all you're doing is incurring fines and potentially putting yourself further down the depth chart. Not trying to be mean, J.K. Dobbins, but you got to read the temperature. It is not exactly uh, 40 degrees Celsius for running backs right now. No, and he also he sort of he said that he would report to training camp because the way the CBA is set up now, the fines are outrageous. Um, you know, I to me this is just like you're posturing and hoping maybe they give you give you something if you come to training camp and do a not even a hold in, but just a, a show of good faith. But uh, he doesn't have the resume right now to ask for that. The thing about him though is that I still see him as like talk about a making the leap type guy because he's removed another year from the injury. Um, he has like a 5.9 yards per carry um, in his career in the NFL. And he was an explosive college player who just lacks some of that last year. But if you get that back, like I think it's a very dangerous, like top five running back in the AFC type character. Right. Like he, he could get a good contract. He's not going to get it now. He must have a powerful agent because 
I mean, I had a good contract for a running back. Not right now. I just mean eventually because mm-hmm. he's a good young player. He must have a good agent because people were banging this drum about like how well and they were like parodying the same sort of phrases of how he finished last year. And he did finish last year. Fantastic. Uh, but he missed all of 2021 and he had 92 carries last year. There's no way he's getting a uh, contract. I do love me some J.K. Dobbins, though. He could have a nice season. Wait, Mark, did you say that you think Dobbins could be a top five running back? in the I AFC? do. I think in that I, I think number that. one. I, I could I could see that without any problem. And I think he would have been. La- I, I mean, last year I was talking him up and, and we did it on an NFL network piece and I got totally banged for it because clearly it didn't pan out. But I do think that when you see these little moments that like he fits in their offense, they're going to throw a lot more to running backs under Todd Munkin. And I just see flashes. And I think that he would have had a completely had it not been for the injuries. We'd be talking about a star running back. But I just and this is kind of setting up our segment after the break even more beautifully. Mark Sessler believes J.K. Dobbins could be one of the greatest running backs in the NFL in 2023, and it doesn't even sound like he made the cut for making the leap. Wow. You know, I said top five in AFC, which is not unheard of. So what is he, he top eight? It's pretty good. He's on, he's on my, he'd be on my long list. He was on my long list uh, yeah. for, for making the leap. The, the Bengals have $15 million in cap space, by the way. If they cut Mixon... I know where I'm circling back. Uh, Dalvin Cook, maybe that's a Dalvin Cook spot. Maybe. Maybe. Dalvin Cook is out there saying how cool it would be to play with DeAndre Hopkins. And it's all the the backwaters are combining. The wide receiver backwaters are flowing into the running back backwaters, and it's very smelly. Leonard Fournette is out there, too. Leonard Fournette. I forgot about him. I was like, who's a free agent right now? No, you know what? It's like a fresh wide receiver. It's like a, a, a... babbling stream is a bubbling stream. I always get that wrong going down a, a Creek, like beautiful. You could drink right out of it because Odell Beckham skips a year after blowing out his knee a second time. And he gets like 15 million guaranteed dollars. Meanwhile, Dalvin cook is, is like on a hall of fame trajectory for his first five years. And he's in the sewers below Gotham. What's up with that? Yeah. It's, it's a gross territory to be, but you know, he, he, he there were 12 or 13 other positions he could have chosen to pursue as an athlete um, before he became a wow. running back. Wow! Yeah, my old my old boss, uh, and he's doing fine. I mean, rel- you know, compared to other positions, they don't get paid, but they're fine. Uh, my old boss Florio uh, actually suggested in a piece last week that the running back should form a committee or something, a group, sure. a union, um, a, essentially a union, and bargain separately as running backs because they're being taken advantage of. And, um, you know, I love the content pro football talk is keeping fresh, but if, if that doesn't scream, like this is the most ultimate late June, Mike Florio article. I don't know what was like that's that. very lawyery. <laughs> and I do Mark, I, even <laughs> though it was, it was harsh. The, you made your bed now lie in it, bitch, uh, explanation. That's fair as well. Yikes. I'm not sure that I'm banging the table so hard on that, but I'm just saying that, you know, maybe players stop choosing to be running backs at this point. This guy goes to the gym a few times. He just starts talking tough to these players all of a sudden. Over here. Times in like February. The uh, in (laughs) over in the blotter. Stupid. We talked about how it's these guys keep on getting in trouble for gambling. Don't go to an airport with a gun. Patriots cornerback Jack Jones was arrested at Logan in Boston for attempting to bring two firearms onto a plane. And that's, you know, you hear about this and it's always like, huh? Uh, And then I'm reading a little more about it because he posted bail of 50,000. He's got an arraignment 
um, set. It might have even happened by now, but it's coming up. The charges against Jones are listed as possession of a concealed weapon, possession of ammunition without an ID card, unlawful possession of a firearm, carrying a loaded firearm, possession of a large capacity feeding device. He brought this on the plane. Uh, the Patriots are aware of the situation, uh, obviously. He's a 2022 fourth round pick. He played 12 games as a rookie, made two starts. And uh, Greggy, we might not see him for the start of the season. The league doesn't, does not, um, they're not cool about guns and players as no. all leagues are not. No. And John his Morant. lawyer um, made some statements today because he had a court date as we're taping on Tuesday. And she actually thanked the Patriots for not releasing him. Essentially, so I guess I guess their plan is to uh, keep him uh, that like she was blaming it on social media for portraying uh, her client as um, a thug. But he's someone that if he didn't play well, so you always every 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 time you're playing in the NFL, it matters a lot because I have a feeling if Jack Jones wasn't excellent last year when he played and he was excellent, by the way, I know it was only two starts, but he was one of the highest ranked PFF cornerbacks uh, for much of the season. And he looked he looked like a future starter, a really good player. I don't know if he would still be on the roster, but at, like most teams, I feel like the Patriots have a sliding scale with this stuff and they're going to keep him because of that. And he, he has a he also got suspended at the end of last year for supposedly not showing up to rehab. He also was arrested when he was at USC for breaking into a, a restaurant, um, bounced around because of academic issues. So that's why he fell to the fourth round in general. Uh, and so it's, I guess if a Patriots player was going to get in trouble with the law, it's not shocking. It's Jack Jones. And I think they're keeping him because he looks darn good. Well, you can connect those dots. There are some dots to connect there, but I, 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 I'm just, I'm mystified to some degree that anyone over a certain age, um, it's not been drummed into our heads that you don't bring automatic firearms and like a a bounty of weapons to an airport. It just, it's not something that works out. You may, you miss, you're going to miss your flight. Um, but beyond that, there are much more concerning <laughs> pressing issues. They do have signs now. They do have signs about the firearms in every airport, you know, right as you're going through. And I noticed at LAX, they now have signs about uh, the weed, too. You know, which that that's a new one. That's like, don't bring your weed in. We'll kick you off the flight. And it's very specific. Uh, LAX. So well, I know some people not following that rule. Yeah, that's fair. Finally, in the news, uh, welcome back. Supplemental draft. The NFL informed its clubs. Uh, that the supplemental draft will return and take place on July 11th. Uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported on Friday, this is the first year a supplemental draft has taken place since 2019. That year, Purdue wide receiver, shout it out, if you know it. Milton Wright. Milton Wright, he was reading off a laptop, that doesn't count, has been confirmed to study the story, but yeah. as eligible as of now. The original supplemental draft was held in 77 to serve prospects who were not eligible for the annual spring draft mm. for various reasons. I don't care really about it, but I will say this. If this brings back the Henry Hodgson uh, supplemental is. mock draft uh, to NFL.com, that makes it a success no matter who is taken or not taken. Well, that's the only reason I wanted this mention. Um, sources close to the situation says uh, NFL UK Hank is aware of this. He's monitoring the situation. He's starting to do deep dives. We might have to have him on the podcast. Um, he's the best in the game when it comes to the supplemental uh, draft. And he was all over Jalen Thompson back in 2019, who's turned into a nice player for the Cardinals, a starter as a fifth round supplemental pick. One thing I like about the supplemental draft is it takes 
um, on average, roughly about 10 minutes. Right. And like game. all I'm saying is like yeah. I get the first and second day of the NFL draft, but what if we entered a world where that day three of the draft took on more of a supplemental form and we, you know, it didn't need to be nine and a half hours long. Sure. I mean, this is a television product. Right. It's sure. basically like a, a group email or group text. It's like, anyone want them in the third round? It's like, no one answers. Oh, anyone want them in the fourth round? And then no one answers. And then, then we're good. So I texted Henry um, this morning, early this morning, central time here in Texas, which was before his bedtime over there in London, um, asking if he could send a video statement. And he uh, no replied me. And I, go ahead. I do. Well, I'll let you finish. I want to hear it. No, and I'm just and I'm concerned because now that Henry has this fancy job that he's just going to be a little more buttoned up and we won't get that statement from Henry and we might not even get the NFL.com write up because it's Mm. not becoming of a a suit at his level. I'm concerned about that. I'm putting that on the record on the show. Hopefully he'll surprise me. Uh, I I'm not as concerned um i i also reached out to henry like we're just two minds here there's not much going on in late june in uh, the nfl (laughs) um and he unfortunately told me he was actually on his way to new york yesterday and he Mm. is in executive meetings all day in new york because i was thinking maybe he could even pop on today so that's he was probably meeting with roger goodell about the future of the nfl but to your point that's what he's busy doing yeah but i think we're forgetting about the incredible passion that Henry showed multiple years in a row to create that piece. Uh, I, I think he's going to do it. Well, that my concern is like, you know, that a beautiful, you know, wild horse, once you put it inside, uh, you know, borders, like, a, a, you know, the, the stall, if you will, or you put him in between uh, mm. these fence posts, he's just not the same beast mm. anymore. We'll see. I even, I will say this, I texted him the unreplied unre- text. Could you send a professional video statement from your office, Roger style? And, and you're telling me he's actually in New York meeting with Roger, probably in Roger's office. Well, why don't we just like connect the dots here and really roll the dice in terms of professionalism? Do it from Roger's office for our next show. That's what a true uh, secretariat would do, you know, a real, real wild horse. All right, let's take a break, and then we will nominate some Making the Leap candidates. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right. We are back. And again, as I said at the top of the show, this is a very special honor. Um, to quote Dick Banks uh, in uh, his description of the team of around the NFL, uh, being nominated, simply being nominated as a making the leap candidate um, is think how Lamar Miller felt years ago when he was nominated three, four, five times, um, four of those by myself, all of them uh, by you. I yeah. Think. On NFL.com. Um, but you know, not all these guys are going to have breakout years, but you figure if we can just nail one or even two, I think we show our bona fides as podcasters. I remember the hits. I've learned over the years, just remember the hits. People will remind you of the misses uh, enough, uh, but just hold on to those hits. Uh, Pete, Pete Warner was one last year. I think that hit pretty well. I remember that was that was a good one. Do you I mean, I'm going to leave this totally up to you because this is not a, a hit mm. piece on Rosenthal, but you did do an article last summer, last July mm-hmm. with some candidates. Do you, do you care to see if we had any hits? I mean, I haven't looked at it. So, yeah. Is that all right, here we go. I wonder if, all right. Is it okay. on the assignment list? This um, year? Let's see. Well, I did. Adop- I did it a little different where now they want me to do <laughs> one for every team, which is like kind of uh, look, it's probably good for metrics. Um, but, you know, oh, some, I see. Some yeah. teams you're stretching. They, they just like it that way. It was just fine. fine. You did have Davis Mills last year. I'm not going to go through them all because it is a little different. You had Trevor Lawrence. That was a good one. Bingo. Um, were we OK with Rocky Sin last year? I don't know. You had Tua. I always like Rockison. I was thinking of him this year. There's that man again, Elijah Moore. He's going to show up on a lot of lists this year too. Yeah, I don't know. Miles Jack is here. A lot of names. It's hard Oof. to get it right, and it's hard. It's easy to get sucked into the offseason hype machine. So we're going to try to cut through all that. Mark, I know you would be the person out of the three of us most stressed about one of your choices uh, being um, picked before you got to go. So we're going to have you go first uh, for your own mental mindset. I got well, Tua Tunga-Vailoa on it last year, by the way. So there we go. There's a win. Bang. That's a big victory, Greg. Um, well, I actually came up with like 13 or 14, and I, I find a lot of them very juicy. But I'm going to go with a player that had 171 yards um, through the air a year ago, uh, has battled durability issues, um, and there are question marks about his, how, how he can last for an NFL season. But when we've seen Kadarius Tony in that Chiefs offense and what we saw what he did down the stretch. And when you've seen Juju Smith-Schuster exit stage left and all the whispers are whether or not they have a number one, he's going to be treated that way. And I just think that what we saw live at the Super Bowl in that stadium, but just the way they used him and Andy Reid's hyper creativity in general and the idea that Patrick Mahomes makes everyone around him so much better. But if Kadarius Toney, who in the past couple of years has had quad hamstring, oblique, thigh issues, and a, and a minor knee surgery, that's, a, that's an issue. But if he can stay healthy, 
I think this can be one of the more electrifying guys around. I mean, we've already seen it. He's just a special athlete. It's just about staying on the field. I think he's had a good offseason because I think there were different ways this offseason could have gone, and, and maybe they will add Hopkins, um, whereas they've been in the mix for these right wide receivers, but they haven't closed the deal, and there's going to be more opportunities for Tony. Uh, I just did look through my list. He was on it last year, actually, so I don't know if that's a hit or not. He did have a nice moment in the Super Bowl, certainly. Um, uh, but he was on he was on the list last year. Uh, I like him better this year as a choice, though. Yeah, a class act move by old Zeuser because I was going to go with this one, and I just wanted to make sure Mark had an Whoa. opportunity. Um, Kadarius Tony. Thank yeah, you. it's weird, Mark, because it's like – Everything else is there. So I don't I don't foresee a situation where he stays healthy and isn't a big time player. I just think he's too hmm. talented and he's with arguably the greatest quarterback ever at the height of his powers. And with Juju Smith Schuster not around, it just it makes sense that he's going to gobble up some targets and just be heavily involved with the offense. That said, the making the leap exercise when a guy is always hurt and then, you know, come week four and he's hurt again and you're thinking to yourself, why did I do that? Yeah, because this tricky. always happens. Like, how does he? How does this man stay on his field? Is his body just not built for that? I guess we'll find out. But it, it, you're right; everything is there for him to have that big breakthrough se- season. When we've done this exercise in the past, I've sometimes gotten sucked in by playoff runs as well. And mm-hmm. then the season comes, and it's like, okay, he got hot, or the, the stars align. Tony kind of qualifies for that because would he be on this list for you, Mark, if he didn't have that memorable Super Bowl? No, but I, I use those. Uh, well, the Super Bowl, that certainly was like a nice cherry on top. But even throughout the playoffs, I thought they just started to use him in different ways. And it just seemed to me like a flash forward to what Andy Reid will create with him this offseason. Mm. But you're absolutely right. Because, I mean, having done these making the leaps, when you pick a guy that's sort of an injury risk, um, you are putting yourself into a blender half the time. Dude, dude just moves different. I've loved him. Since that game he had as a rookie for the Giants against the Cowboys, he just moves different. Our guy Spice Rack, who I wanna I wanna get back on the show. We got we gotta get him back. We didn't have him on during the draft season, but he was a huge Kadarius Tony guy uh, in terms of the way uh, that he moves. You can just you can just see it. And the only way it doesn't work is if they just spread the ball around to like five guys. And I saw someone put this post of like how well Valdez Scantling played in the AFC Championship game, which I totally forgot. And if you watch that one game, you'd think. My God, that's a that's a great receiver. And it's just like Sky Moore gets a little bit. The rookie Rice gets a little bit. The running backs get a little bit. Kelsey's still Kelsey. And he's just like one of those guys. I guess that's the only way you would miss if he's healthy. But I don't think that's going to happen. It should be noted that um, I believe on his last appearance on um, around the NFL, Spice Rack made predictions about his contact with various people on this program. And his prediction for me is that we would have zero contact from that point forward. And he was correct. So I would say if you want to get him back on the program, it's up to one of you guys to okay, reach I'll out do to it. him. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. I feel like um, maybe he could talk a little bit rookies in new places. He's a big you had You had uh, in the past, though, a mysterious, um, not fully explained to us, I don't know, tete-a-tete or beef with him to some degree. That, um, is, that is this still a remnant of that? I I could I wish I could tell you if that is even true. I think he made some hazy comments about our meeting in, in Las Vegas years right. ago. I remember having a good time with him, spending multiple days with him. Um, he's a wild card. And I think to try to get inside the mind of a spice rack is to be mystified and perhaps confused. Well, that's well said. I'd like to be inside. You feel like uh, 
you know, being alive, you know. I know what he's excited about, the Cincinnati Reds, nine straight wins. A lot of Woo! exciting players over there. Uh, all right, Greggy, you're up next. Okay. I'm going to cheat. I just I have two guys that, to me, are together, and I couldn't pick one between them, so I'm just going to pick them because they fit well as a group. I know Dan doesn't like this. No, that's that's first of all, it's not what we agreed to beforehand. <laughs> and you might end up picking uh, one uh, of our your uh, colleagues choices. OK, so I'll put the one. Then I'll, I have two different tandems like this where they both fit well together. That was well, I mean, do. But Greg, now now Dan is automatically picking fourth. Now I'm sneaking. I'm sneaking in. Uh, there's no way he's picking either one of these first two. So I'll I'll keep the big name, the bigger name guys off the shelf for now. I'm gonna go linebackers, uh, middle linebackers. Caden Ellis for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, who I love with that extra S on his name. I love a little extra, totally unnecessary consonant at the end of a name. It's Ellis, my daughter's name, with an extra S. It, it's uh, it's forty percent Ellis or something like that. Uh, and then Aziz Alsha here right? for the Titans. No, that's not right. Actually, it's 33%. It's 33%. Um, 33% S. And S, then I, yeah. Aziz Alsha here for the Titans. So they're both a little random. They're both under the radar. Caden uh, Ellis, if you go back and watch when he came in as a replacement uh, for Pete Warner and Demario Davis in the middle of last season, he had about a four-game stretch where he looked like Fred Warner. I was like, this guy's insane. And it was like... Where, where have they been hiding Caden Ellis all these years? Like, he moves to the ball so well that he can do a variety of roles. He reminds me a lot of Pete Werner, which is why I don't think they re-signed him when he got to free agency. And Werner was one of my hits on, on making the leap last year. And I think Ellis, who got a nice deal from the Falcons, uh, there's some carryover in terms of the front offices, New Orleans and Atlanta. So I think they've looked for a linebacker like that for a while. And it's just someone people don't know about. And I think... IDP leagues, like if you're into fantasy, he could rack up tackles and he's just a good young player. And it reminds me a little bit of Aziz Al-Shahir, who whenever he played for San Francisco was just looked like a star. And he was on a team which had two of the best linebackers in the league in terms of Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And so now he's in Tennessee. And these are guys that will show up. I'm basic when I'm watching defenses, like guys who make tackles, who are in the middle of the field, who are the quarterback of the defense. Those are the guys are easier to notice. And I could see both of these guys getting talked about a lot during the season. So I'm pairing them together. And I know I didn't take one from you, Dan. No. In fact, you could do as many like linebackers as you want, Greg. And That's I it. Those were the, getting, those were the uh, under the radar, but they felt like yeah. they were similar, like they're fifth year players actually going to a new team. So I just was pairing. But have them you thought together. about it all? Cause again, the nomination uh, process is sacred. Um, how do they feel? Like how did Steve McNair, Steve McNair and Peyton Manning feel when they were co MVPs? It took a little of the luster off. And I'm wondering if, uh, your two young men here are feeling the same way right about now. That's, a, that's right another now. way to look at this. If I, I had think. just picked one, yeah. I think I would have gone with Ellis, I guess, if I had. Now it now it makes Ellis right here feel even worse. Now, yeah, sorry. Was, is, sorry. Is yeah, me. now he's in a back sewer with the running backs. <laughs> he's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. That's good, Greg. It's very important you bring that nitty-gritty football guy uh, vibe to the show. Getting the linebackers in. I'm going to get right back onto... Basic Boulevard, and uh, let's move to, that's where I like to be, real basic. <laughs> and I'll do one, maybe maybe this will hurt Greg. We'll make him feel good, but also he'll be like, oh, I wanted to nominate this player. So that's good. Ramadre Stevenson. Mm. Uh, New England Patriots. You never, you never know how Bill is going to 
going to dole out his running back work. But I think there's a lot to be said for uh, the tape Stevenson put out there and and then two other outside factors. One, Damian Harris is no longer there. He's with the Bills. Um, you know, actually, I need – give me a little juice, Eric, behind the virtual glass. Give me a little uh, nomination music. This will make this will sell this better. Yes, Ramondre Stevenson, wow. fresh off that 1,000-yard season. And now he has a clear path to bulk carries. And in Bill O'Brien as the new offensive coordinator, B.O.B. is not the most, you know – you know, innovative uh, play caller when it comes to just opening things up. And he has Mac Jones, a quarterback coming off a rough season that I think he wants to ease into the mix and give plenty of help. So I think Stevenson, it's going to be his show on the offense more than it's going to be an aired out passing game uh, type situation. He's a three down type back. And uh, when Stevenson has 1,300, 1,400 total yards this season, he will absolutely qualify as a man that we will see making the leap in 2023. Uh, I like it a lot. I think, first of all, a good making the leap candidate has given us um, a fair amount of proof that they can make the leap versus just something from out of the dark. And he he looked great at times last year in a totally non-functional attack. So there's sort of an arrow up up feel with Bill O'Brien there. And I think it will be a healthier environment. Um, And there is less of a clown car of runners this time around, because that would be my one thing with Bill Belichick. And we've just seen it going back to, you know, 10 years ago. Plus it's just like, I'll use six running backs. Then on some random Monday night game, our fourth string guy will get 35 carries and run for 180 yards. So mm. if he's, if Bill's a little over some of that nonsense um, and you stick with Stevenson, I think you got something. Let me ask you this, Greg, because you, you follow the team as closely as anyone. Uh, is this one, should this not count? Do you think Stevenson mm. made the leap already? Yes, but that means, and I, I, I'm glad you asked because when I do that written piece, there's different types of leaps. For him to make the leap, forget 1,400 yards. He got that last year, actually, yards from scrimmage. That's how good he was. He, he was kind of under the radar, fantasy heads know, yeah. uh, but he ended up with 1,400 uh, yards from scrimmage and 69 catches. He has to make it to what Mark was talking about, top five running back. Right, I, I actually think he, I think he back, could Eric. do it. I think he could do it. Bring me, bring me my music back. I want because I gotta I gotta clean this up a little bit. <laughs> Why do you get the music? By the way, it sounded I so thought much of better. Because I thought of it. You could have it. You could borrow it if you That's want. Fair. Three dollars. I just want to borrow use. it. I don't claim that you. I agree that you thought of it. <laughs> Fourteen hundred yards a season ago, with six touchdowns, five on the ground. This year, he surpasses. 1,850 total yards and 15 total touchdowns. He becomes a true star running back, which means he'll be released a year later. <laughs> salary cap considerations. I could see it. When when Bill talks, when Bill Belichick talks about Stevenson, you could just tell it's his guy. Like he, he always talks about how he doesn't make any mental errors. He did fumble a lot, but he just like understands every play. And in a way that... Almost hasn't happened since Corey Dillon. I could see them just mm. trusting him every single down and just going for it because he's he's not great at anything, but he makes you miss. He's a power back. He's a receiving back. He's good at everything, and that's exactly what Belichick loves. 
well-rounded. A couple woe games. Uh, that 29 nothing win over Detroit in week five. He went 25 for 161. Uh, that absurd loss to the Raiders, the Chandler Jones game. He was 19 for 172, nine yards a rush. It's there. It's there. And if you want to load him up and make him the guy, he could be, become a true star running back. In fact, next week, Mark, we'll be rolling out the uh, um, Superstar Club right. 2023. I feel like I back myself in a corner here a little bit because if I'm going to say he's making that leap to Whoa. 1,800 total yards and 15 TDs, does that put him in the superstar club? I mean, I, do you feel I like I got to get a little can, more risky. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. I mean, he's he's getting close to that club. All right, I you're feel up, like Mark. You, can you can't have it both ways. That's that's a lot to ask. Superstar club for Lamont. Yeah. I want that music, by the way. I mean, I understand that. Wait, let me uh, wait. Hang on. Let me let me think internally. All right, you can have it. All right. Well, I'm going running back too because I see a chance for this player who has really never done anything beyond 500 yards on the ground in a season, always held back behind the person in front of him. That person is gone. Mm. Dalvin Cook is gone. And so Alexander Madison, who watching running backs, whenever I've watched him, I've, I've, I've loved it and wished he were a starter earlier. Had a chance somewhere else. Um, Kevin O'Connell has been glowing about him all offseason, saying that he's absolutely stepped in and showed the ownership that a three-down back needs to show inside of offensive meetings, that he's already he's known he could do this for a long time. And this is going to be an offense that runs the ball. It's like they didn't get rid of Dalvin Cook because they're just going to go pass-heavy alone and not use a running back. Like Alexander Madison's already shown he can do it. I would point to the 2022 campaign where he, or 21, where he came in for a injured Dalvin Cook and had 451 yards, 212 yards through the air, and five touchdowns mm. in five starts. I, I thought that stretch was what frustrated me because it's like then he was put back into the shadows uh, largely. Um, this is a starting NFL running back in a good position to have obviously his biggest year, but not just some milquetoast season. I think he could be something special. Mm. Now, as someone who um, loaned that song out, Dan. Yeah. Do you think people that use the song, do we need to finish by the end of the song? And then if you keep talking after the end of the song, it's not Ouch. fair, not fair use. Do you have to Whoa. like pay extra? A little, uh, little backhanded shot at the old cess dog there. Well, wait, uh, yeah. you, I would, I want to go check the tape and see if you, if you did, I'm assuming you did, but I don't well, clearly remember that. Let it be noted. Let the record state that <laughs> yes, that was not, me. I was not adding that, uh, the notation for the usage of the song. I would say I'd I think it's more important to the listeners and the, and the nominee that you get those thoughts out. So it's right. okay. I mean, I'm, I'm in trouble. Me with my double dippers. I'm not exactly, uh, short winded. Is that a word? You know, uh, I just made it up. You know, I'm overly verbose. I thought that was well said on Madison. I'm surprised. Like there's not a little more hype about him. Uh, even among Vikings fans, like they don't seem always that excited. And, uh, I really like him. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, Chester Taylor, former Raven who got a chance to be the guy in Minnesota way back in the day when he got a chance to step up, he was a fantasy star can do everything. And I'm with you. I'm with you on Madison. All right. That's good. All right, Greggy. Well, you're up again. And uh, well, I'm, I'm afraid you don't like this double dipping thing. Why don't I ask? Do you have any wide receivers from the NFC South? 
I don't. I don't. You'd be free on my list. Okay. I have a wide receiver that I'm still, even as we're going through this episode, trying to fight against um, throwing out there, but he's not Mm. in the South. Mm. Okay. Let's hit the music. All right. I'm going double dipping from the NFC South. It's the wide receivers, Chris Olave and Drake London. This music does make me feel excited. You know, when I watched Desmond Ritter's tape, London just stuck out. You, you, you look at his numbers and he got overshadowed a little bit by Garrett Wilson and Olave. And my God, like he gets open way better than I expected. The Mike Evans comparisons make a lot of sense. If he wasn't stuck on the Falcons, I think we would have looked at his rookie season as a huge, huge success. He had some key fumbles at points. But he attacks the ball. He runs with it. He's a red zone guy. Like, Drake London did everything, even better than than I expected coming out of the gates. Made the Kyle Pitts uh, slow start look bad. And then Olave, yeah, he got votes for Rookie of the Year. But I still think people undersell him. They look at him as, like, almost like a number two that's going to get 1,000, 1,100 yards every season. I think he could be, like, a true number one Marvin Harrison, 1,400, 1,500-yard receiver. To me, he is going to be the guy in New Orleans, racking up stats, getting open. And it's not going to be flashy. It's going to be a lot of 13-yard gains, a lot of 30-yard plays. He's going to be avoiding hits. Like that's He's not going to be flashy, but he's going to make catches. He's going to get open. Olave and London, 2023 for president for making one. I don't get, I don't get the pairing thing, yeah. but... Um... <laughs> well, they're both, you know, second-year receivers from the South. They couldn't choose between them. I love them both so much. It's, you know... Who do you like more? Well, and London, the, and the Academy London, will reflect that. Alave, but London surprised me more. I didn't expect him, um, especially because of his numbers and his profile coming out of college. I, I think he is a little better of a fit actually for making the leap because he, he kind of got overshadowed by the other rookie receivers. And I think he's going to make a big step up. I guess it's just like, it comes down to an, like an output thing too, because Watching Olave, I I kind of felt like he made a rookie year leap right. um, in terms of watching him. But I get you. I get part of the exercises. The production could be you know incrementally bigger. Um, London, uh, I'm with you on London too. I think there were. I just remember watching uh, Marcus Mariota for QB index week after week, and they were like, it's obviously a Mariota thing. So there's a lot of that. But London seemed to have occasionally key drops and lose the ball here and there, but you also see, I think that go, that's the kind of thing that can go away after your rookie year in a weird quarterback situation. Although it's still a little, little, it's a little strange, but there's a lot of weapons there. I mean, it's, he's got a chance, I think, to be the, the lead guy there. No question. He's still 21 years old. He's about to turn 22 uh, in late July, but that to do that as a 21 year old, you're right. There were some big moments. He lost that saints game with a fumble. He had, he had a couple key drops, My, you know, I can live with that with the plays that he made. Yeah, I think with um, maybe Alave more than than London, he's more maybe in the Ramondre Stevenson category where he's already yeah. proven himself that he's yes. going to be a big time player in the league. When you come out as a rookie playing on a mediocre team uh, and you finish seventy two for one thousand forty two and four touchdowns, I, I expect you uh, to make that leap in in year two. Like I could I could have went. Obviously, Garrett Wilson going from Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco and Mike White to Aaron Rodgers. I expect him to be knocking on the door of the superstar club this year. But um, I don't want to go too heavy on those guys that have kind of made the leap but are going to uh, the next level. But I agree. 
Alave, I think, is a slam dunk. Drake London, yeah, I, I still I worry about that QB room and and what how that will depress and deflate numbers and maybe added stress in that building to finally uh, not only give touches to this dynamic young running back you just brought in, but finally make sense of the Kyle Pitts era in the NFL. And if that if that could end up depressing some of the targets uh, for Drake London, uh, that would not stun me. Uh, but obviously very talented player as well. Yeah, I was hesitant on Olave, but I think it's because I'm basing on what I hear about Olave, which is I think there's this feeling that he's like DJ Moore, that he was a huge double right off the bat. He's going to be a good receiver forever. Uh, and I think he could he could be a superstar, that he he could be leading the league in receiving. That's also a, like a football head, if you're paying attention, like all the people that love to write about the game uh, and pound table for guys and the analytics pop in the hood. Uh, I'm sure Matt Harmon, his reception perception was very kind for Chris Olave. Everyone sees it as a guy that has a chance to be true. All right. You called me too basic. I get it. I should have gone some more under the radar guys. No, well, listen, you just came off a double linebacker nomination. That, that This is fair. That was fine. I liked it. I liked it. I'm up. Um, all right. Shoot, this is hard. Because we're doing three each. I'm going to well, save my last Greg one. Greg is doing six each, but yeah, we'll right. do. We'll, uh, my last one is actually, he's, he's by himself. I could try to I could try to find a combo, but it would be a stretch. Oh, do I want to do it? Oh, God. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> last time at the rodeo. You could re-nominate Kate and Ellis. <laughs> last time at the rodeo, Jerry Judy. Let's oh, go. Oh, I like it. Mm. I like it. Can we can we finally be and I think he's been on what is this, his fourth year now, or is this his third year? It's only his third year, right? Yeah, I think he's was on everyone's making the leap uh, yeah. list for the most part last year. This is year. his fourth season. This would be his third potential making the leap. Isn't that crazy? He's already in year four now, and the you heard the rumors. Music, please. I mean, I I should get it without without saying it just should go just should fill the room it goes without saying that judy uh has talent former first round pick and we all remember when russell wilson joined the team and everyone thought they were going to make magic didn't work out russell wilson's still there russell wilson by the way remember when he was called a hang on tech difficulties that's why you got to watch the youtube dan's mic exploding out of nowhere this is even sadder when this inspirational music is playing I am enjoying this. Um, <laughs> now I'm holding the mic like Freddie Mercury. Um, remember when Russell Wilson was called a sack of potatoes at the back end of last season, which felt like a, a dig at his uh, his build and how hard he might have been working. Yeah. Uh, a lot of reports out of Denver that he's down serious pounds and is uh, light and moving, uh, moving his feet. Maybe the light turned on knowing all of a sudden – his whole football career is up in the air. So if it's Russell Wilson, lighter, peppier, more focused, Sean Payton, and what he brings to any offense that he runs, and then Jerry Judy, a, a great route runner, a playmaker, a guy that has already flashed in his career when he hasn't dealt with injuries himself. Yes, Judy, I'm doing it one last time at the rodeo, making the leap in year four. The video of Russell Wilson um, proves what you're pointing to, those reports. Um, he looks tangibly different to me physically. Uh, I think he's, you know, there obviously couldn't have been humbled anymore. 
Um, he's got some sort of hashtag tagline out there about it being like a redemption type season too. I don't remember the exact um, verbiage, but it's very it's Russell It's not about Wilson the grind, like. it's about the find? Is it it wasn't quite that on the nose, um, but it was pretty much on the nose. But I mean, everything there should be a little bit more controlled, a little bit better. I still trust Sean Payton. Um, Jerry Judy to me, like from the minute he hit the league, he could do these fascinating things and then beguile you with terrible drops. Uh, I just never really had like the right quarterback situation there. So this environment feels positive compared to the horror show we witnessed a year ago. Yeah. And you know, he, he was better last year, like his numbers, yards per route run yards per target. It was so much better than Cortland Sutton, for instance, or anyone else on that team. He did have his career high in, in receptions and yards didn't break a thousand yards, but he was better. Uh, I have not given up on Jerry Judy either. I'm sure he's been on my making the leap, but maybe I'll bring him back on if I need one for every team. Although I like another Bronco, Greg Dulcich, uh, the tight end is on my longer list. So I mean, it's almost him. like um, if he doesn't this year, if Judy once again is inconsistent as a producer or struggles to stay on the field, he, he deserves to go in this other like category you don't want to be in. Maybe Lamar Miller's in it, like making the leap guys that repeatedly trick people mm. uh, into uh, being that they were that guy and it never really happened. But I, I'm going to say there are enough factors in play. And is he their clear number one? Uh, Sutton obviously is still there too. But I think I think Judy is a nice scheme fit with Sean Payton also I, I, in terms of what he does, his, his skill set. I'm in. Let's go. Let's go, buddy. Do if it. He- if for some reason he got to free agency, which you could actually see happening, like it, let's say he has a similar year this year to next year. They don't want to pay. Like people will still pay Jerry Judy a ton of money. Receivers are just worth that much now and they never get the good ones. It's hard to get them in free agency. Like there will be seven GMs out there uh, who are huge making the leap fans that are like, screw it. Let's give him $20 million a year. Like it is still, it'll still happen. I could see it. I could see it. But you know what? Maybe if, not to skew negative again, but if if, mm. if he has Sean Payton and Wilson's better and it still doesn't happen, maybe that would depress his value. I guess. I hope we don't find out. I hope he just lights it up. The Wilson's makes, better part is a complete mystery. Yeah. All right. It is time now for the final nomination. Once again, Mark, this is the floor is yours. No one can take anything from you. You're at complete ease as you nominate your final player for making the leap. I'd like the music to be added on top of yes please this uh i i am picking between two georges um because i really wanted to go george karloftis of the chiefs who i think uh has a real opportunity with frank clark gone to be i just found him so disruptive um to watch and there's something about him that like harkens back to an old time but i'm going george pickens uh 801 yards a year ago 51 catches four touchdowns i mean we saw it the thing is, you can't say he made the leap last year because I think a lot of it happened when Kenny Pickett got involved. They showed chemistry. Um, I mean, I could just see these two being together for a long time. There isn't a team in the league I trust more to develop wide receivers. But beyond that, like what we see him doing from a hand-eye coordination angle, athleticism, acrobatic catches, um, he's just made to be an NFL star. And I guess you have to trust that Kenny Pickett um, picks up where he left off, but I do. Hmm. I hope my comments about the, you know, finishing before the song was over didn't. Yeah, didn't I felt because you, you were on a clipped. roll. You were on I felt a ki- roll. I felt clipped. No, yeah, I you... felt like I was ready to stop speaking. 
Because I can I I want to be I'm relieved, Mark, um, that you went with a, a Pittsburgh Steeler because I was going to uh, if you didn't nominate either Pickett or someone connected with the team, I was going to accuse you of doing the old um, move that many people the trap people fall into in this business, which is the old uh, remember the Contra spread gun. Remember the, what? The, in Contra, the, the game? NES game, yeah, yeah you, sure. it was like, we have the spread. Remember that one? Yes. And just the bull shot everywhere? Yeah, it's a great weapon. And you've, you're already on record on the show saying that uh, the Steelers are winning 12-plus games and Kenny Pickett's taking the leap. So somebody had to be in the making of the leap conversation from mm-hmm. Mark as a nomination. And going with his potential number one wide receiver checks the box. So I'm just, I'm, I'm giving you a compliment. You, you're a man of your word. Well, thanks. Spread gun is down. When it comes to Pickett, like I think when we talk about making the leap as a quarterback, like there's a lot of competition in real estate. Like I, he can kind of just be who he was last year for the most part, and they're functional. But like, do I don't see? I'm not. I, it's tougher for me to project Kenny Pickett making a massive like Josh Allen like leap. Hmm. Pickens is a good one. I like that he's different than other receivers too. Like the analytical uh, consensus is sort of like guys who win contested catches are a little more unreliable. Like there's only so many contested catches. You'd rather have a guy that just gets open or wins after the catch. Like those are more valuable skill sets. George Pickens is a throwback in some ways to guys from the nineties where it's just like, just throw it up to him and he's going to go get it. He is, that is his superpower and he's going to learn and get better at receiving kind of like DK Metcalf is. I know he's not as physical, but uh, that is a superpower that it carried over. And I, I have no reason to think uh, it's not going to keep carrying over like that choice. All right, Greg. So um, last year I did check uh, that making the leap, you know, list. Had some hits Tua, Zach Allen was on there. He actually, you already brought out, you're brought out Tua. Leap. You're making yeah. it sound like maybe uh, that Jalen Hurts. one you hit on. Jalen Hurts. I had on there. You no, had Hurts? Okay, had yeah, Hurts. I mean, I was banging the drum for Hurts last offseason. Ayuk. Uh, and then like 26 other guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go back to quarterback, and I debated this because, um, you know, I could go for more under-the-radar ones. And um, maybe this is predictable. Maybe it's not. I think Matt Corgill Jones is making the leap. I think people threw away his last season and put it all on him at the same time. They're saying Matt Patricia is the worst offensive coordinator in the history of the league. It's the biggest mistake ever. And I, I hear this quarterback draft of starters where he came in 29th. And I think Lawrence was sixth. And I'm not saying he's Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to have the <laughs> career. But like when Lawrence had a total um, abortion as a head coach, yeah, we threw oh. that away. When uh, when Mac Jones had uh, Matt Patricia, he needs to have a good system around him. He is a system quarterback. His leap is to a Kirk Cousins-like level where he's a slightly above-average quarterback who has already shown a couple of things, which is tough. Reading the defense quickly, touch, timing, accuracy. He did that at a Rivera's, Philip Rivers-like level as a rookie that made me excited. And it's not just because I'm a Patriots fan. I like quarterbacks like this often. And people have really kind of given up on him having a good career. And I think this situation with Bill O'Brien is going to be much better. And I think he can bounce right back into being a solid to better-than-average quarterback, third year in the system, 
touch, timing, and accuracy. McCorkle, don't let me down. I mean, the only place I'd push back, Greg, a little bit is that I feel like people were critical of Trevor Lawrence um, for up through the midpoint of last season because we were seeing things that were suggesting that there were issues. And when it came to Mac Jones, like I feel like from midseason on, it was kind of like, well, he's in a disaster situation. Like this is a, you know, this year is a throwaway year. This year doesn't count. He gets a do-over. I just like that was the language that I heard and spoke more about Mac Jones, where it's like you can't blame him for what's going on. Um, that said, I still see him as like a top 15, 16, 17 quarterback. Right. Like, well, that would be I, – I feel like, though, if you actually write him down, and maybe we'll do this exercise, I guess I'd be curious if you really would have him there. I wouldn't even have him there yet um, because it's a, it's a pretty deep crop of quarterbacks now, uh, and, and I get that. But I kind of look at him versus the other, you know, rookie quarterback, you know, guys from that year and uh, – I just think he's put good football on tape. And that's one thing I think that's helped me doing making the leaps. When a guy at some point has shown a high level of play at any point in their career, like they can get back to that. He's put it on tape as a rookie. And I think now the knowledge and hopefully the system really helps him out. Yeah. He was done no favors last year with the way Belichick botched the offense. Uh, he stunk though. I'm not arguing. But he, that yeah, part. he did not play well. I, yeah, he, he, the rookie season definitely there were moments where he he played really well during that year as well. Uh, well, but I don't know, man. I mean, what you say, Kirk Cousins, he could have a Cousins like career, and that that feels a little rich to me. I'm wondering if one aspect of him, like, is he likable? Do his teammates like him? Does his coach like him? Like, I think that's this, a fair question. Is this personality? Um, <laughs> does it? It seems to to just walk the line between a uh, fiery, competitive guy with some swag and kind of a guy that maybe is writing. What do they say? Writing checks with his mouth that his body can't ca- cash a little bit. I'm very conflicted because I see what you're saying, and would it surprise me if the Patriots end up being a competitive team and Jones bounces back? No. But is he also just like a middle of the road guy who talks too much? And uh, I think that could be true too. I'm leaning in that direction that he's not the answer in New England. So we'll see. That could be true. But I would also say that like some of his fire from last season and some of his comments were just completely warranted. And he didn't come in with that out of the gate. That was as things really started to break apart. And I, if anything, they went out of their way to pair him with Bill O'Brien, a play caller who knows him. They're implementing Alabama elements to the offense. Like they're going to give it a try and we'll find out. But like, I, just, you get- I could see them yelling at each other back and forth too, though. They're, they're both fiery. I think Dan's right that he was immature last year. There might be a question of whether his teammates like, and I, I think it was immaturity last year. He, he does some mature things on the field. He's still uh, a young guy who I think hopefully learned a lot last year. Did, you're right, yeah. Dan. If if he goes another year with being a pain in the butt, like he, his career, this is a huge year for his career. His career is going to take. Yeah, he's going to be a, a backup. I would just say to what you said, Mark, that he did while he was sold down the river in some ways by his coaching staff. I just fundamentally disagree with like he was OK or in the right to act out on the field and the the report about him reaching out to other coaching staffs from his past like. 
Take that and compare that to Trevor Lawrence the previous year when he was in an even worse situation with Urban Meyer, who wasn't even a real human being, coaching that team and making a mockery of Lawrence's rookie season. And the guy never said anything. He never publicly spoke out in, in a way that kind of made himself a distraction, even though he was going through hell. And then he got a better coach and Doug Peterson and some better players. And then he really got his career going. I, I didn't love how Jones kind of made it a show of, Look how fucked up this scene is here, and I'm and I'm gonna point it out because I am who I am. I see why I see why it could happen because I I like in sports, even though I'm at a uh, far le- lesser level. Like when I was you know playing even in intramural sports, sometimes you kind of lose yourself a little bit. But like when you're the quarterback, there's just a higher level I think of accountability that he lacked last year. I guess all I'm trying to say is that like when I when I first of all called him like somewhere in the low low teens. Um, if you get the rookie version of him, I think he is around there. And I'm willing to forgive what happened last offseason, just kind of like see where we go, because we might feel differently about him, the leader and the person. Um, but I guess some of that comes out and you learn about them in the tough situations. And it was a tough situation. And there were endless gifts and memes of him like blowing up at Matt Patricia from the middle of the field, which is not what you want on a weekly basis. No, but Belichick was so sick of him. I think he'd be an expatriate if the right situation had landed for them this off season, but it didn't. And, uh, I do think, I think he was immature too. Like, cause he was trying to list, like he was too aggressive at first and he kept making big mistakes. And then he pulled it in too much and was just trying to avoid mistakes. And if you watch the last four or five games of the season, according to PFF, I think he had, um, counting it up now. I, I, 10, 11 big time throws or nine big time throws, two turnover worthy plays. Like he cleaned it up by the end of the season. And I'm still basing on what, what I saw as a rookie. He's an interesting taste test case. Cause he has, he just can't make, he can't, he's not a playmaker. Like, can you win in 2023 with a quarterback that can't make plays? Cause to me, when I see him, I think he could be a better version of Jimmy G too. touch accuracy, getting rid of the ball quickly. Like, can a Jimmy G really succeed in 2023? I don't know. There's not really many of those examples coming up that are having a, a lot of success that can't make plays. So he's a good test case. Okay. Um, my last one and our final nominee. And again, congratulations to all the nominees and good luck in the upcoming season. I thought maybe I'll go with a defender. You know, we got Greg Rousseau in, in Buffalo. Seems a like one. a guy who could do something. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting maybe I'll go Homer and go with a jet and Elijah Vera Tucker, definitely somebody I think who could mm. be an all pro guard if they just leave him be and, and he stays healthy. Uh, but I'm going to also go quarterback, Greg, the place where I thought you were going, because I'm looking for a true star uh, making the leap situation at QB. So let's head to Chicago mm. and let's head to Justin Fields because Fields didn't get as a fan of a team that does a bad job building around young quarterbacks Chicago did it wrong in his first two years you had Matt Nagy there and then by the time new leadership took over the roster was in a in a total teardown so there goes year two but even with year two having um a situation where they I think they lost 10 straight games in the year um we saw special things and 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 going back to what you were saying Greg it's good to see it, to see a guy be special and then say, can he can he build on that? And I think Chicago finally did it right. It's better late than never uh, with their moves here, uh, trading out of the number one pick and making that decision 
we are standing behind Fields and we're going to build around him. That trade resulting in DJ Moore, a true number one wide receiver. They added right tackle Darnell Wright, uh, another wide receiver in Tyler Scott. They added Bobby Tanyan. Uh, Dante Foreman uh, is in for David Montgomery. You have Khalil Herbert, who, who really flashed last year, another guy who you could have nominated in this exercise at running back. And if you improve the blocking in front of him, and you improve the skill players, now you could properly evaluate Justin Fields. And he has things to clean up. He was very bad in terms of uh, his uh, completion rates uh, with a clean pocket. He needs to be better at a play action. Uh, But these are things that, with a better supporting cast, good reports coming out through spring practices about him starting to understand things more. I just think the talent is going to break through here in a more professional setup for him. Justin Fields becomes the star the Bears desperately need him to be. My final and, to me, the most important making the league candidate candidate, uh, because Chicago football deserves a true shining star at Signal Caller. Let's do it, Justin Fields. I love this because I think of of everyone that we've named, like the ceiling, if it works, he is the ceiling. Like he becomes a transcendent player and I like I think what's lost a little bit from last season was we saw the power on the ground um, the total disruption the way that he would just completely baffle defenses I think he grew as a passer down the stretch and it just makes me think a little bit of where we were a year ago at this time with Jalen Hurts it was still like well not necessarily trying out for his job but kind of like they had flatlined against the Bucks in the playoffs and they added some weapons and then he made that leap as a passer and you're looking at an MVP candidate so if he can grow, if Justin Fields can mimic that, um, I think you're looking at a star. And like, when is the last time there was a true star quarterback in Chicago? And so I think the ceiling here, like I said, is just um, the highest of any player we've talked about. Yeah, he plays quarterback in such a different way. He holds on to the ball forever. And I feel like he's got to improve that a little bit. Like his time to throw was higher than any quarterback in the league. Uh, Deshaun Watson was close. Um, and though you're, you're trying to like survey, you're trying to make plays. He's such a naturally talented thrower when he sets up and aims it, it goes where he wants to go. So I think all the things that he has to improve on are improvable with the experience and his life is going to be easier like Jalen hurts and Lamar Jackson, because he's one of the greatest running quarterbacks in the history of the league. Every, every good running quarterback is now, I mean, he's put up the numbers and it just is going to open up options and make it, um, more decisive, I guess, in terms of the reads that he makes. It, it it should, and that's not his fault. Like he's the one setting that up with his talent. Uh, he should make it easier to be a passer, but he needs to take a step as a passer because he didn't take as big a step as a passer last year as I expected. Yeah, and you can't give him a total pass. And right, if, I mean his QB record, if that matters at all, and I don't think it does for him because, like I said, they didn't set him up well. But he's lost twenty of twenty five starts so far, so he's been around a lot of losing. He also. And just looking at his pro football reference page, I don't know if you guys know this. He finished in the top 10 in MVP voting last year. He's at number nine. And that's solely because of um, that's <laughs> solely solely, one weirdo uh, right. gave him a, like a fifth. Place yeah, vote. that's that's very that's... strange. Um, but that's solely because of how much he flashed some some weirdo like radio guy from Chicago probably did that like snoozer in the morning. But when he had before he got hurt, um, he was kind of taking things over. And fantasy heads know that because. Anybody that had him in November or so last year said, oh, we're, I'm winning my league because this guy is blowing up defenses, and then he got hurt. So, again, injuries is something 
you, that have to be um, considered here because he plays physically. He runs a ton. Um, he's coming off an 1,100-yard season rushing. Maybe they'll look to tone that down a little bit and develop him more as a passer and give him that balance. But don't take him away. Don't do the the thing I worry about with Henry where they put him in the old uh, – what do they call it? The corral? Don't corral him. We're talking about Henry Hodgson now has been put yeah, in Yeah, Henry corral. Hodgson, uh, yeah. Yeah, vice president of uh, yeah. UK. I I'm challenging Henry at this point. It feels like a full on challenge. And one of those things where he might be mad at me, uh, but I, I want to see that, that great Henry spirit come out with his uh, official statement on the supplemental draft. We've and this could back backfire. That. I like that. Yeah. He's a, a great friend of mine. One of my closest friends. So I hope he understands this is not a needling, but it's, it's a challenge as friends need to do sometimes to each other. I've done some research on this MVP vote here. Yeah, um, let's hear it. Justin Fields was one of eight men who received one fifth place vote. So we we added you could vote one through five now. That's kind of fun. I like. Oh that. wow! Uh, and so they all tied for ninth. Um, also receiving one fifth place vote. And yeah, I'm sure there was a Chicago person that did it. That was stupid. I mean, in what world was he even a top five quarterback? Stop. Um, a <laughs> stupid. Uh, AJ Brown got one. Derrick Henry got one. Justin Herbert got one. Tyreek Hill got one. That I I think Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the rest of those. Maybe Henry Hill. I actually think was on. I think I did a ballot for something, and I think he might have been fifth on mine. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, Gina Smith had one. That's a little silly, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, Tua got one, and uh, Danny Kellington from Buffalo, who I believe was the EMT, the medical personnel who helped save uh, Demar Hamlin's life, got one. I mean, and that's that's incredible uh, what what that man did, uh, and it's way more important than football. But in in no world should he have gotten an MVP vote. <laughs> Let the record state. It's a little odd. I it's mean, a little odd that he tied Gino and, lower votes. and Ju- Justin Fields. They were all a little weird. Uh, Trevor Lawrence actually got a fourth and a fifth. That's surprising. Um, this is that run, by the way, for Fields when it was just like, what is happening here? Starting in uh, a blowout loss to the Cowboys where he went 17 of 23 uh, with two touchdowns and then went eight for 60 on the ground with a score. And it was like, wow, he filled up that box score. Then the following week, he threw three touchdown passes and then rushed 15 times for 178 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the following week, he threw two more touchdowns and a narrow loss to Detroit and ran 13 times for 147 yards and two scores. And then the following week against the Falcons, he got hurt. And you didn't really see that guy again. But imagine if if we see some version of the guy that seemed to be taking flight in the second half of last season. I mean, he could be, if you want to talk about, I don't, I don't do Vegas stuff. I'm not even allowed to. But um, you look at what Jalen Hurts did last year, like mm-hmm. Justin Fields in terms of a long shot for MVP, if everything fell into place, my mm-hmm. own. Yep, because you'll have a team that, you know, had the worst record a year ago in a shaky NFC. They could contend for a wild card, coach of the year, assistant coach of the year, comeback players of the year, fill in the blank, MVP candidate. Um, you can see it. The funny thing is when he was coming out, like anyone that mentioned his running ability – it was essentially was like, well, that's just not who he is. Like he's, he's a deep ball thrower. Um, and it, and I look at CJ and it's funny thinking back, like people were slammed. It's like, well, he didn't show that you're, you're kind of stereotyping cause he's an athletic, you know, young black quarterback. 
And it's true. And now I look at CJ Stroud too. And CJ Stroud will not be like Justin Fields. He doesn't have that sort of talent. But Ohio State essentially tells their quarterback, don't do that. Don't risk getting hurt. He's just, you know, his coach, Ryan Day, has talked about it since that like he tells their quarterbacks, like, don't risk it, don't run. And so uh, it makes me think about Stroud a little bit. He doesn't have nearly the athleticism of Fields, but like no one saw this coming with Fields because he was told essentially just stay healthy and be a pocket quarterback at Ohio State. Just hit the open receivers. All right. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday um, with another app, uh, and uh, hopefully I'll still be alive. It's very warm here. Did I mention that, Greg? The, the temperatures I, are I soaring like here in I Texas. I think it was. I think it was <laughs> a little slice of life. People, you know, they don't just listen to us for the football takes. It's right. It's like what's happening in their lives, their relationships. That's the podcast. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm you know I don't like to go willy nilly and bring up weather, but when it gets to this level, when we are in a heat emergency, I'm just happy the power didn't go out. And if it goes out uh, before Thursday, it will be a uh, classic Rosenthal Sessler joint, and I will listen to that if I'm still alive. This feels like a setup where you could text us out of nowhere. Well, the power did go out, guys. I, I'm 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 shackled here. Wow. There's no way to technologically. I can't really do this from a tech angle. Um, mm. I hate to, well, that sounds like something I do, but like, yeah, yeah I was, I was going to say, say that's, that's right out of the Sessler handbook right there. Dan's not as transparent. <laughs> Mark, Mark drops little breadcrumbs when he's about to miss a show of, of possible things. That was, that was a uh, project. Like, oh, the lights are flickering. Weird. It's like, yeah, I All just right. got a little bit of a little <laughs> cough is popping up. Uh, we'll, we'll see how I feel in two days. I battled through that today. You did have a you cough. Did. the record. Did. Right. Did. But this complicates if that was a breadcrumb. My power situation complement compl- that complicates your situation of an out out clause here for later in the week. So just something we're all gonna have to track together. We'll track it. Yeah, suddenly it's a it's a Greg and Walker uh, duo power joint on Thursday. Hmm. That'd be good. All right, let's go. Thank you to everybody for listening wherever you are. Stay cool. Stay safe. Till next time. Either call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.